1: Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. Did VGK miss out by not signing Paul Stastny? More after this. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Kardasco, Chris Golic in Las Vegas, and you could find us everywhere. Well, first on your podcast, wherever you find your podcast, and thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are at Lockdown VGK on Twitter, and this will be our first full month. Full month. On YouTube at lockdown VGK, you could find us there as well. Please subscribe by all means, as we're taking this to another level. Chris Colic, you could find us as well on Twitter at Tony Dasco, myself at TD Chris G, and Chris. Let's start things off. I think you know I, I really do believe that a lot of folks are listening to our show to make their hockey moves. A lot of these teams are. Are the Carolina Hurricanes still trolling VGK? Chris was just talking about signing uh former Golden Knight Paul Stasney just a couple of days ago, and lo and behold, the Carolina Hurricanes signed Stasney for a bargain basement price of only one and a half million i I just really did believe and still believe that you're going to go Jordan Bennington on this topic today do I, do I look nervous um so
0: Here's, I'm going to start this off. Scott Brunner uh, jumped on uh, my comments uh, on our Lockdown VGK accounts. The comment goes, people are really having nostalgia for Stasny. He was an average at best player who did not mesh at all with the lineup. Why would we bring him back? And that's, that's fair. I mean, is he an exciting, you know, type of player who's going to, you know, put butts in the seats, like he's not that type, I'm looking at one more stat as I talk, folks, but he's just not simply that type of player, but in his two seasons with BGK, uh, 50 games played, 13 and 29, 71 games played, 17 and 21, so you could slot him in, and last season he was, what, 17 goals or he had, a, he had a real solid season last 20, year.
1: With, 21 goals last season. 21 and 24. 21 yeah, and 24. 45, game, uh, 45 points in 71 games yeah, last so, season for Winnipeg.
0: So Stasny, the beauty about him is he could sit anywhere in the lineup. If he had to play with line one in a spot, he could do it and contribute. Line two is a very comfortable spot for him. Line three is an even more comfortable spot for him. And folks... What if our opening day roster down the middle was Eichel, Stevenson, Carlson, Stasny? That's And then you're still not even mentioning Nick Waugh, Brett Howden, other players, and Chandler Stevenson that can play down the down the middle. You can never be too deep down the middle, folks. You can never, ever be too deep down the middle. He can also kill uh, kill penalties, very good in the face-off circle, at least whenever I play NHL uh, 22 with him on, on PlayStation. He's great in face-offs. He's, he's wonderful on face-offs. Um, and $1.5 million, like this is the part I just don't get. VGK does not have a lot of money to spend. We know this. They definitely have $1.5 million, plus enough to sign Nick Hague, and then even still gives us a couple million dollars wiggle room in the salary cap, which is a real strange place for us. So I, I guess my question would be, did VGK ever even kick the tires on Stasny? I have to think v, uh, Stasny would have been happy to come back. He still lives here. We've talked about this. Um, he was enjoyed and liked in this town. There's nothing polarizing about him. No one would not like to have him back outside of Scott Brunner on Facebook. Everyone else likes him. Everyone else liked him. We know he could do well. So I just wonder if there was ever a negotiation, if Stasny's team ever pitched a number to VGK or the opposite, if VGK ever pitched a number to Stasny. And I can't imagine $1.5 million was too far to get this deal done.
1: Yeah, that's something that they definitely could have considered here. 12 out of 16 seasons, Stastny has scored 40 or more points. He's 36 years old. Okay. But he definitely could fill in some of those spots, as you said there, Chris. He's played in 1,072 career games, and they might be lacking some more veteran leadership, I would think, you know, under Bruce Cassidy, that he might be a good fit.
0: It, it never hurts to have veteran leadership. I mean, BGK is pretty solid in that in that category, but... Having someone like Stasny, who, you know, has not just himself, but, you know, his father and the family roots and everything, a very rich NHL history within the family. And, you know, let, let's talk about Nick Waugh for a second. Nick Waugh was, what, 14 and or what was his stat line last year? 14 and like, he was like 30-something points, right? 30-something
1: points? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just paid 30.
0: $3 million for that, folks. Now, right. I get the ceiling for Nick Waugh is certainly probably higher than Paul Stasny,
1: you can't but lose on a one-year contract at 1. 1.5. You cannot lose there. That would that would be a very smart and prudent move for VGK.
0: I will take – here we go, folks. Here we go, folks. If anyone's watching this morning, this will get your comments going. I will take Paul Stasny to score more points than Nick Wah in the 2022-23 campaign.
1: And I might be with you. And, you know, Carolina, again, I think one-ups the VGK, although obviously – Uh, things sort of backfired with Max Pacioretty. That's just
0: bad luck. Yeah, that's bad luck. Yeah, that's fair.
1: That's not even puck luck. That's just bad luck. Mm -hmm. Uh, The tweet, again, the team's tweet, uh, your impact on the Canes will never be forgotten. Thank you. And they had a picture of future considerations, a graphic, and that was a really – that was a good run. That's better than VGK's social media these days. And the thing that – you know what I – okay, is he taking – Shots at someone, again, uh, with these comments. Okay, when Stasny is signed, he said he's excited about a chance to win. There's a good mix of younger players coming into their own, veterans, and a coach that understands how to win. And it, it, it almost mirrors the comments of what Max Pacioretty said when he signed. Are they taking shots at anyone? No, I don't,
0: I I mean maybe, you you could maybe say Patcheretti because he Patcheretti seemed like the player who didn't completely gel as far as the team relationship goes and that is not a knock at all on Patcheretti that is not a knock Patcheretti we talked about this is much more by the book it seems like and Business first, which in Carolina, that's interesting because they do the storm surge after the game with the celebrations and stuff. And folks, if you got like 15 minutes one of these days, just Google storm surge Carolina Hurricanes and there's like a, a montage type video, 18, 19, 22 minutes long. um After every home game, the Carolina Hurricanes win, they do some type of celebration. They start by lining up and set across this or around the circle at center ice. They put their hands up and clap in unison with the crowd but then they do something fun. It started, they would just skate up and back and hit the glass behind the goals, but then it morphed into, they would do funny things like the players would be bowling pins and someone would throw a bowling ball. Uh, Evander Holyfield actually came out in one of these games, wearing his like big boxing gear and actually boxed with one of the players. And they did a duck hunt video. I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's enjoyable. And, you know, I'm just trying to picture Pat Shuretti out there doing the thing with his hands up and all that. And, you know, doing some goofy thing where they either dance or whatever, like he's gonna hate us. He's gonna hate us.
1: Yeah. So that's not a it, shot
0: at Patch ready at all. Like, please don't think I'm I'm down in Patch ready, folks. He's just a much more business serious. first type of player. Yeah,
1: he's a serious player. And we did hear those reports about him not liking all the pranks and goofing around the first season that he was here in Las Vegas. And you know, now he wants to be with more professional and He's account- a jerk. He's a jerk. <laughs> and accountable players too. Uh, So it's pretty interesting there. Uh, What did you think? uh, Did you think that Stasny perhaps could have been one of your answers for line three when you were assessing this?
0: Oh, my goodness. Stasny on line three or four is gold, in my opinion. Um, that, that, that would put Carlson in a strange place, depending on what the move is. With, would have been with Stevenson. Um, if they would have brought Stasny in, I think at least the opening day, opening week, opening month, would have featured Stevenson up on the wing with Eichel and Stone. Uh, that's at least what everyone in the media keeps saying is going to happen. I still am not a fan of that. I think Nick Waugh is a better fit. But if you're going to push um, Stevie to the wing because Stasny is your, your line three or line four center, that's a wonderful spot to be. Um, Nick Waugh might have been in an interesting spot too, but then he could play the wing somewhere on the top nine. I mean, I just think signing Stasny, especially at that number, but just having Stasny in the lineup and his versatility opens up the versatility of Stevenson, of Nick Waugh, of experimenting with lines and just giving you an additional chemical you can pour into the Bunsen burner to see uh, to see what color it turns and uh, you know which, which way it's going to go here um i think it's a miss and i actually do like uh i want to i'll put this on our twitter so we can catch it on our timeline about eight months from now uh paul staz need to get more points than nick wah in 22 23
1: yeah i like that one that's an interesting one and uh, make sure that you add a hook okay on the total what's that the hook on the total number oh, there's always the hook, always it's the always yeah, a I, hook. i'm
0: not i'm not paying ties i'm either winning or losing i'm not tying
1: Right, and and then, I, that, I don't
0: want that line at the sportsbook, everyone. That's the worst thing that can happen, folks. Super Bowl weekend or a big uh, game when a big, a big big game is a minus three or a minus four or a minus seven and it ties. There is a line for days in the sportsbook to cash out, folks. So just buy the hook and don't get stuck in that line, whatever you do.
1: So now with Stasny gone, uh, of course, uh, Chris is left with uh, watering his neighbor Stasny's lawn. And so... He'll have to be attending to his lawn while he's gone. Do you think uh, that Stasny, before we close the book on this segment, do you think that he wanted to be here, or is that just the tax write-off house? Do you think that he wanted to play for Feed UK Because all of these things, again, sort of in a way, I'm reading maybe too much between all the lines here, but again, a coach that understands how to win and younger players coming into their own, a good mix, the blend of veterans and younger players, I just feel like some players might be given a shot at VGK. Maybe he's upset that VGK did not sign him here locally.
0: So what I would say is this, Um again, this is all a conspiracy theory, folks. I have no nothing behind this beyond just whatever's happening in this lack of a brain up on top of my head here. I am assuming that there is never any negotiations with Stasny. First of all, my, part two or end game with that statement is I still go back to the situation with Nick Hague right now. Why is Nick Hague taking, like I get Shea Theodore with his RFA situation lasted a lot longer because Shea Theodore is a much more hybrid type of scoring defenseman. So finding a right number for him, I get that took some time. Nick Hague is a young, big and powerful defenseman, but there's a lot of Nick Hague's in the league. I'm not saying our Nick Hague is is not a good Nick Hague or anything like that. There's a lot of Nick Hague's in the league, though, um, to his credit, I guess, as well. Where I'm going with this is I still am guessing something weird and splashy is in the, is coming. I honestly think Nick Hague might be part of some type of trade bait. So there's going to be a sign in trade, which all of a sudden gives the opportunity, whether it's a goalie, whether it's a scorer. I don't think it'll be a defenseman. I think BGK likes their Situation in the back with their top five defensemen. If Nick Hague goes, and then there are two or three players who are next in line, so to speak. So I'm guessing, folks, something is in the works involving Nick Hague being signed and traded. Chicago was mentioned. I don't know what we would get from Chicago outside of obviously. Uh, if there was some crazy deal in the works with Patrick Kane, where there would be a crazy three-team deal because someone else would have to take on part of that, you know, 10-ish million dollar salary or whatever it is. But, you know, am I saying the Hawks are trading for Patrick Kane right now? I think we can pump the brakes a little bit, but I think the Hawk, or excuse me, I think the Knights are looking to make some type of move involving Nick Haig, where we sign and trade or however that's going to work out. And you're going to see a higher price talent come in, whether that's a Valarmov goalie, whether it's something with Dallas and Ottinger possibly, or it is, you know, a top six possible forward. But it, this has taken too long when camp, I think, opens in less than a month now.
1: Yeah, it would be great to steal Ottinger from Peter DeBoer. Now, that would be a lot of fun, but uh, Hague probably going perhaps to Carolina in exchange for future considerations, of course. Coming up next are the Golden Knights, a playoff team. We'll talk more about that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights betonline.net is the fastest it's the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events right there on the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball the nfl nba of course the national hockey league combat sports esports and even golf BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today everywhere in the sporting world. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick in Las Vegas. Uh, Chris, I stumbled on an article, NHL.com has uh, some writers debating, and it really wasn't that great of a debate, but there, any, in any event, debating whether VGK is a playoff team. They said it was a big blow losing Robin Leonard. Was it? <laughs> and when are they going to put a $6 million deal, whatever, over $5 million, Where When are they going to put this into the LTIR bucket?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, there is a reason as to why they do all the stuff with the LTIR, and I'm assuming there's daily penalties. I I don't know how that works, but I know – I just think back to every – for the last three years now, it seems like, where if the VGK played a game on a Sunday and the next game was on a Wednesday, you can uh, rest assured Monday morning they call up three players from the Silver Knights – Wednesday morning, two of those three players get sent back down. And so there's all sorts of weird stuff with the LTIR that I don't get necessarily. And I'm not even going to try and go that deep into it. Um, As far as other moves and, you know, the playoff situation, that's certainly a very good and debatable topic right now. And there's certainly a lot of things that need to line up this year. It starts in net right now. Again, we're talking present. We're not talking about trades that might get made. We're talking about this VGK roster today and how can this VGK roster succeed in becoming a playoff team. We touched on this yesterday with, uh, with our friends of the program up North uh, professional amateurs. They should be uh, having that out later, but definitely folks, i uh, give them some love on your, uh, on your podcast rotation. If you get a second, but uh, going back to the topic here, it starts in net with LT. There's no doubt. It starts in net with LT. We, I think we said if his, if he starts 60 games next season, I I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh the next thing is Jack Eichel. The Jack Eichel needs to become King Eichel if you will and basically take over this VGK team. And there's going to be games where him and LT simply have to put the team on their back and go. And VGK has never had that player in the top set si- er, in our top 6. James Neal I would argue in season 1 actually did that at times just because his scoring touch in season one was absolutely phenomenal. And I really enjoyed watching like, like he's, he's a better, he's a boring player like Paul Stasny. And I don't mean that in a mean way. He's just not this crazy puck handler, that deeks around and stuff like that. But he's sexier than Paul Stasny in the sense that he's going to get himself in a plus spot. He's going to get himself in the right spot on the ice to score goals. Those are and, two players
1: that know how to finish.
0: Exactly. No doubt about that. And, a healthy James Neal would actually compliment Jack Eichel really well but uh you know that's another story for another time obviously <laughs> so king eichel we're going to call him king eichel we're going to borrow that from uh from Lundqvist over over uh, for the rangers but king henry we're going to call him we're going to call him a uh, king eichel i think here and uh, king eichel needs to take over this team put the team on his back he needs to get that 90.5 points and hit the over um needs to get in somewhere in the 90s for next season 80s i'll accept but I'll accept him in the '80s if someone like Nick Wah, you know, really takes that next step forward, or Besuwan, you know, has a big a big rookie campaign and uh, stuff like that. Um, the defensemen, I'm not worried about. The one thing I'm not worried about in this team is the defense. Uh, as long as someone like Petrangelo and Theodore can contribute on the power play, I'm not worried at all about our defense defensive ability. That's probably a, a better way to say that. Our, the most sure thing this team has coming into season six is a good solid top six defensive core, assuming Nick Hague is still with us, with you know two or three players that can contribute when players go down with injuries and stuff like that. Um, I still say one of the biggest X factors is line three. What is that line three going to be? Is it going to be anchored by a possible scorer like William Carlson? I say possible. Tony, don't get all upset over there. Is it going to be anchored by a possible scorer and skill player like... Um, like William Carlson or is it going to be more of a grinder type line with Brett Howden back there? That's really what, what really needs to be uh, identified early in the season. We talk about the identity of this team, right? That was a big thing that lacked uh, in under the entire DeBoer era. I really think line three, not line four, but line three needs their separate identity within the team's identity. And if we could have the same three or four players rotating in line three for, you know, the better portion of 60 to 70 games,
1: I think that will bode for the success of uh, the season six VGK. So again, a lot does revolve around goaltending, and that is a big question mark in no particular order. They need another experienced goaltender, in my estimation. They need a score, in your estimation. And they also need an enforcer in the worst way. And again, you know, Cassidy played in a very rugged division in the East with Boston. And that's just a more physical game that he played. I don't know how that's going to translate with a lot of finesse players here that you have in the West Coast with the VGK. So I'm really curious about that. And when you talk about goaltending, so you set the total number of starts with uh, Logan Thompson, I think at 64 and a half. Yeah, that
0: was the ballpark. We'll call it, we'll call okay. it 63 and a half, 63, okay, 63 right? to, and a half back a little bit.
1: Okay. So last season, Thompson played 45 games, um, 26 with the silver Knights, 19 with the golden Knights. Can he go an additional 20 games? And again, just on the NHL level. I just have a lot of questions. I know he's good. I know he's improved. I know that he worked under the tutelage of Marc-Andre Fleury, and he has a lot of Fleury in him, in his game. Uh, Very acrobatic in his saves, and he's a solid goaltender, no doubt about it. Just wondering if he's ready to take that next step.
0: Of course, and I hope so. I think so. I think he has, starting with the swagger, starting with the confidence, starting with the cockiness. And that's not a bad thing, folks. Goalies are wired differently than any other human athlete out there. Goalies and starting pitchers in baseball have a lot of commonalities, like starting pitchers in baseball. Like there's rumors. They don't even want to talk to anybody during the day before the, the day of their start, they get in this weird, uh, funk and stuff like that. And if you disturb that routine, you know, watch it. Um, you know, it's like stepping on a horn's nest type of thing. And, you know, goalies are the same way. I mean, you know, that cockiness, that inexperience, and that swagger, I really think can be used as a positive for Logan Thompson. Um, right now, the city loves Logan Thompson. They absolutely love and adore him. And it's because he's played very well. It's because he smiles on the ice. That's not a shot at Robin Leonard, folks. Don't Don't get at me for that. It's just because of the way he portrays himself and the way he goes about business. Max Pacioretty has his way of going about business in a more serious way, but he produces. Logan Thompson keeps it light on the ice. I think that's how he keeps himself relaxed. And that can, I think, really help help him go a long way. On social media, when things are going well, Logan Thompson likes to playfully tweet and stuff like that. And even when, you know, amateur uh, podcasters like myself uh Mentioned he should possibly be looked at to be traded to, you know, return other assets because of his value, he comes at me with a funny donkey meme. It's awesome. I love it. I absolutely think it's super cool. And that was a lot of fun when he did that. But if in those first 15, 16 games we have turbulent waters, if things don't go well, if his save percentage is 0.897 and he's seven and nine, you know, with a two points. Eight, seven goals against the average or a 3.1 goals against the average, how's he going to respond when the city, I'm not going to say turns on him, because that's not the right way, but when all of a sudden the mean tweets start coming in? When all of a sudden everyone says, Wow, I guess we really, we really miss Leonard more than we thought, stuff like that. Or the flurry talk starts, never should have traded flurry and and all of that. Like, how is a young Logan Thompson going to react to that type of pressure? Can he handle it? I think he can. I think he will. And I think his play on the ice will speak for itself and keep him in that good place. Um, but LT's on house money, folks. I mean, not just long ago, he's, you know, in juniors and in something HL, when you don't even know what the first letter is. And then he works his way up as a, a less than notable AHL player. And then all of a sudden he does amazing things in the AHL. He wins whatever the equivalent of their Vesna trophy is. And then he has an awesome, what was he? of uh, was he 11 and four down the stretch or something like that with us 10 and four and something with, with, with good measurables. So there's a lot to like about LT and yeah, the importance of LT as we're, uh, you know, rambling a little bit here is uh, you know, can't be uh,
1: said enough. So concerns, uh, concern number one, Bruce Cassidy, concern number two, Bruce Cassidy. Like I'm very much concerned about how those personalities mesh knowing already the track record of Bruce Cassidy, and that he's very, very tough on the younger players. There's no doubt about that. And at times, he's going to have to lay off of his young goaltender in Logan Thompson. Uh, Cassidy had mentioned in that story in the Boston Globe that we talked about on Monday, about how they need to check more frequently, which I found rather interesting. Went back and started to dissect a lot Who's more. Who's like, check though? <laughs> well, yeah, that the players have to check a lot more for a young goaltender. What he's saying is they really need, and again, there's a lack of a physical presence with this team. We know that that's one of their major weaknesses, right? Uh, they need to clear the crease out for Logan Thompson. And a lot of the times when he got in trouble last season, there's just you know a lot of guys right next to the blue paint. They're right there. On the doorstep, and that's how he got beat. And I, that's one thing they really need to change. And then another note that I had was that the players really responded when Thompson was in net a lot more, and they rallied around him a lot more than with Robin Leonard. So maybe, maybe Leonard, his act, so to speak, got old with the players. That was my feeling, my impression, because they stepped it up and they played like with a lot more intensity and purpose. I think when Logan Thompson was in that, those are just some of my impressions.
0: And DeBoer himself stated that DeBoer himself did state in a not so roundabout manner that LT did give the team a spark at times. There is certainly no doubt about that. And again, Look, I'm going to tread carefully with Leonard. I think he just has a way of going about his business. And he was playing with, the, you know, I think a myriad of injuries last year that definitely made it tough for him to do his job duties at the level that he has done them Met before. And again, LT, he smiles. He's uh, he's upbeat and positive. Uh, he's uh, he's smiling out there. And just starting from the pregame warmups like I I'll go back to at the Orleans um, before they moved over to the dollar loan center. Uh, me and my kids were sitting right on the glass for warmups, but right on the curve, right next to uh, the bench. And is over there, just uh, kind of doing his thing. He's talking to, uh, I'm not sure if it's the trainer or equipment person who who he was shooting the breeze with for a second while the players were uh, getting ready to start the next drill. And all of a sudden, I see water squirting like through the glass. And there's Logan Thompson, like, literally squirting water at my kids. And he did it, like, two or three different times. And he's smiling. He's interacting. And and now, to be fair, I've also seen Robin Leonard do that same exact thing in warm-ups, uh, you know, interacting and stuff like that. But it's just a different mindset. It's just a different mindset. Um, you alluded on the physicality and clearing out the crease. Um, I, You know, Kenneth Sindman points this out a lot, and he's definitely right whenever he does point this out. How many times have we seen the opposing team – score a goal because there is a player like they'll give you the overhead camera from the rafters that points straight down on the crease. And that shows like the, probably like a four to six foot circumference right around the crease. And there's not a single player in there for the VGK outside of the goalie. And that's something where, you know, Nick Hague needs to do his job. And also the goalie needs to protect their space too. That's another thing. Um, If someone is infringing on that blue paint, you know, slap shot, you know, Give him, give him a, give him a little something. Let him know you're there, and you could do that only so much. But if there's a player constantly in your, um, in your grill, so to speak, a little hockey term, if someone's in your grill the entire time, the goalie needs to fight harder for that. Um, I remember Malcolm Subban when he was a VGK. That was something that was pointed out a lot by our, our, our television team, where Subban would be screened. Right, he'd be screened, but you have to fight through a screen. You have to. You can't just accept the fact that you're screened and hope the puck gets you. If you're screened, you a got to move the player in front of you or B, pardon me, folks, or B, you need to change your angle and do what you got to do. Otherwise, if you can't see the puck, it's going to be very hard to stop it. And Logan Thompson did make one of his quotes last season down the stretch, you know, when things were going well, if I can see it, I can save it. And that's a fair statement for any NHL goalie. I mean, really, there's not a lot of NHL goalies you're going to, even with a 100-mile-hour slap shot from the point, if they can see it, they're going to they're gonna get that thing in their glove or it's going to hit their body. So, yeah, LT, uh, let's see what happens. And um, I think he's going to do great, though.
1: I really think he's going to do great. So I do. Okay, if uh, LT has any flurry in him, he will take that goalie stick and he'll whack <laughs> an, an, an opposing player right in the back of their legs because that's what Flurry would do, uh, no doubt, to clear them out. And, you know, uh, just looking, I was looking at the number of games, Chris, too, that Laurent Brassois played last season. He only appeared in 24 games and had just 21 starts. And does he need a, a much larger sample size to see if he is, you know, a legitimate guy that can help this franchise out? this upcoming season
0: does he need more starts um i think when he i'm just looking up his uh hockey db right now folks as i chat here i think when he plays more is when he gets himself into trouble and that's not a knock on him he's a lifetime backup goalie he is a lifetime backup goalie he's been in the league now since 1415, and he had 31 that's ahl so as far as nhl starts in a single season oilers 14 17 18 winnipeg 21-19 uh, in 2018-2019 starting seasons, respectfully. 24 NHL starts, folks. That was the most starts he's ever had at the NHL level in a single season, and that was with the VGK last year. Uh, 2.9 goals against. He could not crack uh, a 90 save percentage, though, and that's certainly an issue. His best NHL season. Let's find, let's, let's find his best NHL season. So Winnipeg, 21 games played, 18-19. Um, I don't even care about his wins losses. Save percentage is nine two five, goals against two five, and that's and that's twenty one starts. So the over,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna set the over under on number of goaltenders that will actually play. We'll see action for DK at three and a half. Over, yeah. Snap over. Okay. What about four? Snap over. Can we go four and a half? Do I hear four and a half?
0: Four is probably the, I mean, okay, let's just, <laughs> let's pencil a few right now. Let's pencil a few right now here before we
1: we talk about Jack Eichel's bust. Um, <laughs> Jack sorry. Eichel is not a bust.
0: His bust. Not, he is no, a he's bust. bust. He is, His no, bust.
1: No, he really
0: literally is a bust. So is Bruce Cassidy then? I see where you're going with this. I got <laughs> okay. you. I'm on the same page. Thanks. So LT, Hutchinson definitely. You got to have Hutchinson. <laughs> Your guy Hutch. Brissois, no doubt. And Patera, Patera. I'll take those four. I'll take. Okay, here you go. Ra- I raise. Everlamov. I raise. Yeah, nice. Verlamov. I raise you. I'll say all four of those goalies play within games one through twenty-five.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that could be a turnstile there. Brassois,
0: I get, I get an asterisk because if he does have a long-term injury, then I can replace Brassois with any, yeah,
1: Brusaw Ever- or anybody. And thanks again. A shout out to our good friends at Professional Amateurs A, our good friends up in Canada. We were on their podcast yesterday. Uh, had a little bit of a ruckus there. I kept cutting you off like I normally do, but on someone else's podcast. Coming up next uh, is uh, Buffalo now trolling VGK's Jack Eichel. This is the Troll Edition of Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights, Tony Kordasco and Chris Golic in Las Vegas. Ever since Jack Eichel left Buffalo, I'll tell you what, their media folks especially and their fans are having a field day with every move that Eichel makes. The latest, the Buffalo News, making fun of the Golden Knights statue, the one that VGK is handing out during the preseason games, especially they are pointing to the fact that the bust of Jack Eichel On October the 4th, that giveaway does not look like Jack Eichel.
0: Whatever. I mean, listen, folks, people like collectibles. People enjoy it. And, you know, save it for the kids. I mean, if the adults don't want to uh, participate and take shots, you know, let let the kids enjoy it. You know, we got a bunch of stuff on on our kids' mantles upstairs. I obviously got some stuff around me here. I got uh, got some BGK stuff behind the camera as well that uh, my uh, customers, if you will, can see when I'm uh, doing my sports card business and things like that. Do the busts look exactly like the players? No, whatever. I mean, it's it's still fun though, folks, and it's something that people are going to enjoy. And I, are they necessarily trolling a Jack Eichel's bust? Is where does it say says where is that sound coming out of my mouth? But are, they're trolling Jack Eichel and anything the Buffalo fanfare media, you know, you name it, amateur podcast. Anyone that can get a shot to take it, take it, Eichel, they're going to take it, folks. And that's fine. VGK has never had that polarizing player that was maybe a little bit, a little bit of turmoil while they're with the team and then they're gone. The most, the closest subject VGK has to that is a Vadim Shipakov, right? Our season one of KHL transplant, if you will. Uh, does not end up making the team out of training camp. He himself thought he was going to be an NHL starter. There was an article about how he hated living at Red Rock for a while and walking through the Smoky Casino and, you know, didn't necessarily – him and Patch Reddy probably have a lot of commonalities about their time here in Vegas, to be honest. <laughs> um, but point being, had Shipachov gone somewhere else in the NHL and then came back, he would have heard the boo birds. Not, not like Jack is going to get in Buffalo necessarily – but you know he he left the team in some not so great circumstances retired we we drove him to retire from the NHL like he is our first VGK alum folks so if you're in a bar having a few you want to win a bet everyone's going to tell you Derek England is the first player to uh to uh, retire of VGK and that's that's false so you know take a 20 make some money at the at the bar next time you're on a PTs or something like that um but yeah people are going to take shots at Jack Michael every chance they can and and fine he that he's brought a lot of that out himself but in vegas i don't think he's that type of player for now and i think he's going to continue showing us that
1: yeah well eichel also did have a say on his return to buffalo uh where he said they wish i was still here uh he also said it's the loudest i've ever heard this (laughs) player (laughs) because <laughs> they were booing him
0: uh that, that's a yeah. great troll that is such a good troll term that, that that's quality right there of course Alex Tuck gets two goals against us that game just to rub it in a little more but whatever
1: yeah no but uh, you know Eichel when do things simmer down and when is this something never you know, in the past or uh, never it's it could become a good rival could become a good rival you know with Buffalo you know you don't get to play them often obviously uh, I know one of the fans. Their comments. W- their comment was, "How did you guys make four statues that don't look like the people you made the statues for? Is this uh, something that's cheesy? They're little statuettes, and I was more upset with where they placed those little statues. I guess. Yes, blue no, that, that was quality. Poise. That
0: was that was actually really that was really good. That your uh, Boise reference there last week that was good. <laughs> From Monday, maybe yeah. no, but it was on Friday. You threw the clipboard. You threw the clipboard. That's coming.
1: Yeah, I I was a little fired up. That is coming up again. We are on the heels of our next What the Friday. I know you have a lot of pent-up frustration, and I can't wait to hear some of your takes. And the fans as well, chime in at LockdownVGK on Twitter because that's a lot of fun. Something maybe a blunder, whatever. I mean, VGK leaves the door wide open where we can take shots. There's so many. That crease is wide open for us. (laughs) Yeah, no one's protecting it, Tony. No one's protecting it. So, are you going to go to these preseason games and get these busts? I, I just, how big are these statues? That's a big question to me. Like, are they real small, tiny? Probably uh, as big as my microphone. As big as my okay. Microphone. Wow. That's a pretty <laughs> good size.
0: I mean, we'll, we'll be at, I'm not going to change my habits to go to these the games. If they're on the weekends and the schedule allows for the kids, I'll go. Will I go out of my own personal way if my family can't go to one of these preseason games? Maybe. I doubt it. We'll see.
1: Is that a good giveaway or a bad one? Now it's fine. I think are there good. going to be a couple more that they're going to be releasing? I don't know. I, think Carl- we have like-
0: I feel like Carlson should be a statue. He gets a
1: statue every every time they <laughs> I don't know if they could that's addi- additional cost for the flow. I mean you have to add there's a lot more money. They cost they're pricier to add all that hair. Uh the worst one I've seen though by far, I think is uh it's not Eichel. It's the Riley Smith one. <laughs> it looks like he, he should be doing a milk commercial with the milk mustache. Something. But, yeah, so tomorrow's show, uh, rather Friday show, because we're on just three days a week here, uh, we will be talking about what the Friday. That's always a lot of fun. From my man, Chris Colick, I'm Tony Cardasco. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We'll see you once again on Friday right here on Lockdown Golden Nights.